All right. Happy to be along with you here on a Tuesday. We will uh, be hitting a lot of things today, including the uh, news that James just mentioned. The five plus seven college football format has finally been approved. Of course, originally it was supposed to be six plus six, then a whole Pac 12 devolt, you know, falling to pieces thing happened, and now we're at five and seven. So we are here finally. It's approved. Not a big surprise. It's approved. Just, uh, you know, now that it's out of the way. So we'll dive into that. Uh, and what this means for revenue sharing, right, will be interesting to see uh, coming up. So. Uh, we've got NIL attorney uh, Mitt Winter with us at 4 o'clock today in football at 4. want to get his thoughts on all these outrageously extensive lawsuits that are going on against the NCAA around the country, all these uh, laws that are trying to be passed in regards to name image likeness and what it may uh, mean, obviously, for the future of uh, college sports as we know it um, coming up at 4. Uh, we will look back at last night Virginia Tech's beatdown. I mean, and I mean beatdown of their hated rival, the Virginia Cavaliers in Blacksburg. Gene Wong for the Washington Post was there. He'll join us at 5 uh, to talk about that. I want to talk to, some, talk to him a little bit about Lucky Drizell as well. And, of course, it is Hot Take Tuesday. So all those things to be ready for here on the show today. And again, you can always reach us at 757-687-9494. That's the Ballyhoo's phone line and the text line as well. So what does all this mean? Five plus seven. So five conference champions. And of course, um, you know, Notre Dame does not play in a conference. So they are an at-large team. So they would, you know, be in that uh, bundle of uh, other side of it. You know, the at-large bid folks. But uh, right now, the format proposed... Of course, with um, all this change, all the changes going on with the Big Twelve uh, getting bigger, the Pac, the Pac Twelve going bye bye, the Big Ten becoming like the Big Eighteen. I think I was the last number I had for it, right? Big Eighteen. Uh, you got the Big Twelve that's also getting larger. The ACC is increasing. Uh, we still don't know where Florida State fits in all this stuff, and of course, the SEC is getting larger this offseason. So you're talking about SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, ACC. Uh, right now in this spot and of course the highest ranked group of five conference champion uh, as well for now that's in there and uh, college football intentionally will not refer to the group of five in its description of the format though because there is a chance the champion from the power five conferences finishes ranked below the top champion in the AAC conference USA uh, the Mountain West Sunbelt or mid American conference as well so there is always that outside chance that could happen so that's how they have proposed it at this point. But again, the other seven are at largest. So, you know, Notre Dame, I guess, pays the Notre Dame penalty in a sense because they'll never be allowed to have a bye week uh, in this particular format because the top four teams get buys. I guess it doesn't matter to them because they would be playing a lower rated team on their home field. So they, they add revenue. But it is an extra game, right? I mean, it's an extra full on. So they'd have to win four to win a title. As opposed to you know the teams that are getting the buys having to win three games to win a title. Yep, but they they also agreed to this though. They were part of this discussion yep. and it had to be unanimous, and they signed off on it. So so again, they care more about the money than maybe player safety and health. Sounds like it, or an easier path to win a national title. But you know, or maybe they're just realistic. Like maybe Notre Dame knows, look, our days of winning national titles are long gone. So you know what? We're just going to go ahead and be – we're just going to keep our cash. We're going to keep our NBC deal. 
We're, we're going to stay independent because we have the most unique deal in all of college sports, and we don't want to share that with anybody. Wow, you starting a little Hot Take Tuesday early there? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that an early well, start? Well, I mean, that's what it signals, right? Do I need to flag you for five yards? What's, I mean, what's going on here? That's what it signals. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, or else you would say, hey, ACC, we're here for you, baby. Uh, Big Ten, whoever, you know, it makes sense, but hey, okay. I don't know. They're doing it the more, they're doing it the more difficult way, that's for sure. Uh, so, you know, the holdouts, of course, this Washington State, Oregon State thing we had to wait on. Uh, not not surprising that, you know, that, that uh, they eventually voted this way. Like, they're just looking for some money. Yeah. They <laughs> just, they we don't know how something. much they're getting. We just know they're getting money. And I get it. I mean, it was bad. They got dealt a lousy hand. I'm not, I'm not lying. You know, we're not lying here. Everybody else in that conference found a dance partner except for these two poor schools, Oregon State and Washington State. And, you know, they're, they're on the outside looking in at this thing. Now, I suppose there is a day in which they'll think highly enough of the Mountain West if these teams join there to uh, group them into a, you know, consider themselves a power, you know, a power, power conference. Probably not. But, you know, I guess there is still that outside chance at some point. I know they're already getting there in hoops. No, in hoops they are. You know, so no, they're there in hoops, right? I mean, they've got they, they've got it solved. I mean, the latest bracketology has them with six teams in the tournament. I mean, who wouldn't want to have six teams in the tournament? Uh, the ACC sure as heck would, and they're yeah. they're not going to. Uh, even with uh, Virginia Tech, you know, surprising everybody last night in the manner in which they did. Tech could still play their way in, but to get six would be uh, darn near impossible. But I, I find it interesting, you know, how they. You know, we had to wait on this thing for a while, and and there's this small little point of um of of what's not being talked about right now in college football, which is or, or college sports, which is, you know, we're still not really settled on whether or not, you know, Florida State is going to be in the conference in the ACC conference right, that is right. come this come uh, next season. There was a small thing in this um filing, this court filing by the ACC uh, recently, and Andy Staples uh, shared this yesterday. Uh, on the X, and it said, it says it is simply a commercial possibility that a school could buy back its rights. The ACC's legal team seems to invite a negotiation. No one to this point had admitted publicly that um, that could be bought out, but the Gore, you know, that they could be bought out. The grant of rights could be bought out, even though everyone suspected it could be. This moves the parties closer. Uh, to the brass tax discussion of what it might actually cost. So that is in the latest filing about there is a way for them to buy out the grant of rights or the teams could. So, you know, what does that cost? $350 million, $400 million. Some people have said it, it could be that high for FSU to get out of, um, you know, to get out of there. And if that's the case, then we're going to have another, you know, conference expansion here before we even get to the fall. I don't think we'll, you know, it would it would seem like if that was going to happen, we'd have to really hustle along here, right? I mean, you'd have to you have to pick up the pace here, right? I'd like to think so. You pick up the pace, but if it does happen, it'll be interesting because to this point, it does not seem like the SEC, uh, despite geographically making the most sense, is really down with it because uh, obviously University of Florida doesn't want anything to do with that, uh, with FSU coming into their conference, but that would then seem to make it look like they would join the big. I don't think the Big 12 or Big 16 or whatever the heck they are makes as much sense as maybe the Big Big, uh, which, of course, would make an interesting geography lesson for that conference. This whole experience is an interesting geography lesson. <laughs> I mean, this the, everybody's got teams on the West Coast yeah. now that shouldn't. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I, one of these conferences is going to want to have their footprint in Florida. 
Yeah, that, it, that isn't already. So it, I, it certainly would make sense for a couple of these. Yeah, for the big, I mean, to see the big or the big um, that would want to do it, you know, if the ACC is letting them leave, that's the way it's going to look. So with this expansion of the playoffs, um, you know, we're talking longer seasons. I mean, we, we were uh, just kicking this around the other day when we were um, talking about the Super Bowl being, you know, as late as it's ever been this year. And then the idea that it could be pushing into President's Day weekend uh, coming up next year, I think it is, and how, you know, we're going to probably get to the day and time in which there's an 18th regular season game in the NFL. But now college football going these extra four weeks potentially, or a couple weeks, I should say, because of the uh, expanded playoffs. I mean, you're going to have, you know, football, college football in towards the end of January, although we haven't got the exact calendar dates yet, uh, push in February. And then, of course, the NFL, you know, maybe moving more towards that, um, you know, middle to uh, last part of February at some point. And, you know, then you're going to basically end the season and teams have to name their franchise players immediately. (laughs) Coming off the field of the Super Bowl, we have to turn that list in, please. (laughs) Do we have your list? We need it right now. And, and, uh, you know, that's great because then we don't have to complain about things like the NBA All-Star Game or care about it or the stupid Pro Bowl or any of these other things if we get to that point. I suppose, but it, it's going to be interesting, and especially for the college players, because you know, let's be honest. Next week is the is the combine, and a lot of these guys in these big conferences, that's what their eye is on—the bigger prize, not just whatever the NIL money that they're getting to keep their pockets full, and so they can have nice cars on their college campus and have a little bit of insurance money. If goodness forbid they were to suffer a career-changing injury, but the big prize is to be ready for the NFL and these extra games, you know, it's like tread off tires. It doesn't extend the tire. It doesn't extend the life of the performer. So that will be interesting. And that's something apparently the NFL already has their eyes on. And we'll get into that coming up. Um, Rick Bettino uh, has an update today on what he said on Sunday. You won't want to miss that as well. And we'll talk, like I said, about the, the whole world of NIL and how it will impact the World of College Sports coming up at 4 o'clock. Former William Mary basketball player and now NIL tournament winner joins us and football at 4. All right, Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, uh, if you haven't been on the X today, um, well, okay. Uh, but you can get on it at Jackson Sports at ESPN Radio 941. Our poll questions there brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. And it's, uh, it's about Justin Fields. Did you see this today, James? Like a... Uh, you know, like a like a like a kid in high school. Uh, he has unfollowed his football team apparently, but I, I don't know. Is this the off season cleanse that that athletes sometimes do, or is this just passive aggressive stuff? I'm not sure. A little bit of both. Okay, well that's why we ask you our uh, poll question of the day again uh, at Jackson Sports. That's how you can follow me on the X, um, which used to be called Twitter when we were a lot younger. Uh, it says Bears quarterback Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears on the Instagram. What do you think it means? He's ready to be traded. He's sending a message. He's got fat thumbs. I do it sometimes. I've unfollowed people by accident. I, I've clicked on their profile. Well, this is on the Twitter, uh, or, or excuse me, the X, and just done it by mistake. Not not intentional. And people are like, well, why did you unfollow me? What are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Did I did I unfollow you? I'm not aware of it. But it's it's ha- it happened. So maybe Justin has unfollowed the Bears looking at their profile by mistake. Or he's ready to be traded. 55.9% of you say he's ready to be traded right now. Another 27.1% say he's sending a message. And then, yeah, 68 are buying into the fat thumbs theory. And then, of course, we have 102 that have gone with the other and, of course, responded with nothing below. We're back to that again. 
Well, I mean, just when you thought that the, the people have learned. No, no. Just when you thought you're wrong. We're, we're wrong. So anyway, have at it. It'll be up there for another 23 hours. Get in the mind of young Justin Fields on the X uh, poll question of the day. Okay, let's do this. College football, as we mentioned, they've approved the five by seven uh, playoff format. And now that could mean, again, potentially four extra games, potentially. It's really difficult. Usually the teams that don't have the bye, they're on the outside. It's very hard, right? Like, oh, yeah. If we've learned anything, you know, outside of the year where there's been a couple of years the four seed did win. But the teams that are on the outside looking in, you know, do we ever really believe with great conviction they could have won the national title? Like, for example, this year, did anybody think Florida State could actually make a run? No. No, but they wanted them in anyway because you were an FSU fan and you just thought it was unfair to the system. But all that being said, it's very, you know, probably not going to happen every year. But that being said, it is going to be more challenging for the teams that have to do that, which also means it's more challenging for the players involved. It's extra games. If you're trying to get ready for your next job, you know, you're going to get in the job market later. It's almost like the curse of being one of these assistant coaches on a really good team, right? Like I was thinking about this other day, James. Imagine if the Lions had actually beaten the 49ers. Right. And the commanders really did like Ben Johnson as much as, you know, we thought they might have. And they would have had to wait it out until post postseason. Oof. And then Ben Johnson would have said, no, nah, I'm really not cool with this because you have too many basketball guys in this meeting. And I really am just a guy who likes to call my own plays. <laughs> um, you know, what if that would have happened? Imagine the outrage and anger at that point had that had it come down to that. Anyway, but yes, these players are asked to do a lot more, right? As, as guys that are on these lower-seeded teams, it's extra wear and tear on the body, potential uh, injury chances, and, and late in the process too, right? Like, So if you're down there, like remember, Jamison Williams got injured in the semifinals a couple seasons ago, impacted his draft status. But imagine if you would have you know, fast-forwarded to this time and day and age and, and say that semifinal game is in you know, the second to last week of January – that's a lot more significant than, say, December, which is a full month, right? So that that could impact guys' decisions. And, you know, you thought it was, you know, unruly to see players tap out of the Gator Bowl or, you know, the Chick-fil-A, you know, Peach Bowl or whatever the heck it's called now, or the, um, the Mayonnaise Bowl. Imagine guys tapping out of these tournament games because of fear of injury, because this could happen. Uh, players could skip a quarterfinal round. Um if the especially if you're like a four digit you know four touchdown underdog or something which we could see that or the other way around too if you're a four touchdown favorite yeah you might just tap out and say nah I'm done I'm good but anyway so this is one of the things NFL people have been bringing up on uh, profootballtalk.com has a uh, post on this today saying there is there is the the wonder and uh, the interest level from NFL teams to see how some of these players handle these extra games that quite frankly at that point in their career do they really need them you know, if you're if you're a, a perceived or a projected one or in that area, is really the extra three to four games going to make or break your the evaluation? I mean, you may actually come to your tra- your 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 uh, pro day less fresh, dinged up, um, you know, not able to work out, not able to run. I mean, these are all things that you know. While the money gets larger and, and the schools love it and the NCAA loves it and the conferences love it. I mean, the, the participants in it, it's not really in their best interest to play these extra games, frankly. Think about it. I mean, I, I remember over the years, there was always this um, debate around draft time. And look, they've had a million guys drafted. 
But also, if you start going through the laundry list of players, you say, well, how many of them hit it and how many guys didn't hit it uh, over the years? You you wonder. But Alabama players, there's always this, this discussion. Well, a lot of them are asked to play injured in college because not that you know they're forced to, but most of them fear losing their job. Right. <laughs> right. Because there's so. another five-star behind them, so they're going to get themselves in the field quicker. And are they damaged goods? And I, look, I saw this up close with the with the Redskins. They they would take a lot of Bama guys, and some of them were really good coming out of college, like Ryan Anderson, you know. And then like he comes to the NFL, never fit anywhere. And you're like, well, what happened? You know, talking to people, well, it's kind of beat up. You know, he played a lot of football. You know, Bama, you really there's no days off, man. You know, you just there's just it's just part of it. And, and he was kind of a tweener, so that was tough. I mean, he's not the only one, but there have been others too, offensive linemen in particular, that have um, not always gone through as strongly as you would have suspected after a really good college career. So, And it's not just Bama. It's other big schools too, but that's the example that comes to mind for me. But So this is, this will be interesting to watch if uh, we get a lot of players you know, saying, yeah, that's great. I'm excited for us to be in the final 12, but uh, I'm not going to do it with my body, you know? And like you said, it's it's great for the schools, it's great for the conferences, it's great for the NCAA, but, you know, players aren't getting anything extra out of this. And, and as much as I, I, I hate to say that, and, you know, that brings it into the larger discussion of scholarships and blah, 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 and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of true. You're you're risking you're risking injury with all these extra games, and we've talked about it in the NFL. I think it's fair to have the same conversation for college football, and, and I also think that this could also have a trickle down effect at some point. There's going to be less bowl teams. There's going to be less bowls. There's going to be less bowl teams. And how good is that in the grand landscape of things? Are there already too many bowls or are, are there yeah. already too many bowl teams? You could make that argument. Absolutely. But is is what's happening right now, it's, it sounds good at the time and it may, maybe looks good on paper, but is this really the thing that's for the greater good of college football? I think that rem, remains to be seen. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the real conversation that gets lost in all this get yours now mentality that we're in. And look, and I, I'm not being anti-player here because this is what the schools and the conferences have done forever, right? They're, they've been doing this um, for for decades, and, and now finally the money, and it's not a ton of money, is getting kicked over to some of the players, and it's not every player, right? You know what I mean? So it it, it is like the greater good of the sport going to be sacrificed here, and I, I think you could you could see some some uh, reasons as to why it probably is going to be sacrificed here. It's not going to be as good, and you know we see it with college basketball too, uh, in some degree as well, but. This will be the ultimate, um, you know, experiment in real time that we're about to live through to see if uh, players are as excited about these extra games and this bigger tournament and, you know, more prestige or what have you as the rest of you are without, you know, again, sacrificing some of the regular season. So what if you cut down the regular season? I mean, does Georgia, for example, really need to go play our friend Bobby Wilder's team? (laughs) Georgia doesn't, but Bobby's Wilder's well, team does. I don't know, Bobby, you know, he, this was done before him. He's he's kept it on the schedule, and I guess we'll get to talk to him a week after it and see where his team is. If they're a mass <laughs> unit, maybe it wasn't really worth the big paycheck. You know they got I mean? a shiny little facility they're about to build there, so yeah, that, that yeah. paycheck's really going to help out with that. I just, you know, th- these are the kind of games, like the SEC loves to play these um you know, tune-ups, tune-ups, right? And then sometimes they put them late in the season. It's like they're kind of like a freshen up, right? Okay, then we can sit out certain guys and you know get freshened up here and these kind of things. So I, I just don't, I don't get it um, as to why it is a um, 
you know, what, what, why we're not, why we're so allergic to the idea of if we're going to have this bigger, longer playoff format, maybe we need to take out some of these bogus regular season games we have. Well, and not only that, but it's not like the, you know, you talk about like how can you make certain things better. I don't know how you incentivize this to get players to play. Right. Like right. when you talk about the slam dunk contest or the Pro Bowl, sure. there's there's probably things that Absolutely. if you really wanted to, you could incentivize to make those things better or make people want to participate. In this particular format in college sports, I don't see what the what they could do to incentivize players to play, and you certainly can't punish players and force them to play yeah. because then that that'll open up a whole other can of worms. So, what's the incentive to get players to play? Because there's not a lot of whole playing for pride and playing for the championship the stuff anymore. A lot, not a lot of guys don't just have that drive anymore. Yeah, and again, um, you know, I guess you're you're replacing like for example, like the second or third SEC team would be in like I don't know one of these New Year's. New Year's games, right? Like it would have been the Gator Bowl or whatever, you know, they would have been in otherwise. And now they're in this, oh no, we're in, you know, you're going to play, I don't know, Bowling Green or something. You know what I mean? It's like round one. Mm, yeah. And then you're going to get to the next game. Is that exciting? Or would you have rather just gone to, say, Sunny Place location, had, you know, this one week of just, we're going to go kick this team's ass. And then it's our off season and I'm getting ready for the draft or maybe I'm getting ready for next year. Maybe I'm an underclassman or whatever, you know. But, yeah, uh, it will be it'll be interesting. I don't because I don't think unless I'm unless I'm missing it here, somebody can correct me on the text line that uh, there was ever a player poll done about this stuff. Like if if players were really excited about this twelve team format, I think fans and the universities and the and the uh, conferences and the tre- treasurers were excited about it. But I don't I don't remember uh, hearing a whole lot about player excitement over adding to the end of the season, which is already a long season. Fans are excited now. Yeah. Are they going to be excited when they're on their second, third string quarterback in the right. semifinals of this thing because yeah. of opt-outs? Yeah, this is kind of funny because, I mean, I don't think we've talked much about it. Not, not me and you, but I haven't heard this much discussion about this among the at the university levels, talked about it or the big conference levels, say, or, you know, or even really the old, the old networks here. I don't think ESPN and Fox is pulling this out a lot. I mean, as many dumb topics as they have a week on these shows about like the Cowboys culture and all this other crap, like this has never come up. I don't, I don't see anybody talking about really, you're going to go from 12 to 16 potentially for the Alabamas, the Georgias of the world, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of these kind of teams. Is this really going to be good for the greater health? And if you're like a three-year player, so you're talking about, you know, you're talking about maybe, you know, anywhere in the range of, you know, 40 plus college football games in a big conference, right? In on your, you know, as as a player going into right. the NFL is a little different. And that's in a 3-year period. I'm not even counting about the guys who go 4 years, right? Uh, that's that's a lot of football already, you know, on your body. And I know they're making the game safer. <laughs> I don't make it safe. Yeah. Um, all right. 757-687-9494. I saw the best other finally on the Justin Fields uh, thing so far, by the way. Um, Gutlead says, I wouldn't take it too serious. He, seriously, he's not very accurate. <laughs> so again, yeah, it could have been a fat thumb thing. Absolutely. He held onto the button too long. Yeah, that was, again, why did Justin Fields unfollow the Bears on Instagram, which is our... Poll question of the day. We have options for you uh, at Jackson Sports at ESPN Radio nine four one. We'll get to some more of these coming up as well. This is good. We got people on the text line want to want to weigh in as well seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. What do you think about the bigger, greater college football playoffs? Is it uh, really going to get us bigger, greater football, 
Or are we going to see as uh, James has already been the doomsday guy here to see the third string quarterback starting for uh, Georgia or somebody next year in the championship game? All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Ballyhoo's phone line. Uh, head us up via the text line as well. Uh, Pittsburgh Ross says this paid the players to play in the playoff games. Oh, they're getting paid, my friend. They're getting paid, but it's not quite NFL paid kind of money. But that would also have to be extra money. Where is that coming from? True. Um, I'm sure somebody's collective. All right, let's do this. Uh, we'll get to some of these texts on the other side. I also want to, I got to do an update on Rick Pitino. Uh, some of you yesterday were very annoyed with Rick Pitino. Uh, well, today he has made a, well, actually yesterday, he made another statement about his critique of his team and we'll see if it holds water against what he actually said on Sunday. And we get on the other side. Scott Jackson Show, Priority on Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King, law injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. James Witham's got your sports center. And we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law, 757-687-9494. That's a way you can... Um, Hit us up on the text line, uh, Ballyhoo's phone line, 757-687-9494. Our ex-poll question dealing with the Caleb Williams unfollowing the Bears on Instagram. Corey in the 757 says, I do not have, or he says, I ain't got X, but as a lifelong Bears fan, I hope it means that he wants to be traded. Not that I think he's horrible or anything. I just don't want this thing to stretch out longer than it has to because it just really shows us what we already know. The Bears have no clue what they're going to do, even when even, what they try to do is just tragic. <laughs> well, they don't have to tell you anything yet. No. I mean, next week is really probably when you'll start hearing the stuff. I mean, I, there's no chance they're keeping him. I'm, I'm just going to say that. There's... I'm already getting ahead of myself here on Hunt Day Tuesday, but there's no chance they're keeping him. I can't imagine. No chance. So they don't have to tell anybody that. They, they can alert teams next week. They can start at the combine, the process. The, the offseason isn't until the 13th anyway where they could make a trade of um, of April – or excuse me, of March rather. So they still have a few weeks. So they really don't have to signal anything right now. they got to pretend they're doing their due diligence. they got to act like they still find him valuable to drum up – maybe a higher return on him too. So I don't think that's that dire or desperate. Uh, and again, he can act out on X all he wants. They, they're still in control of the situation. He is not. Or on Instagram, rather. Yeah, and they fell backwards into a solution to be able to get out of this if yeah. they wanted to. Yeah. And, and this, and you have to take advantage of that because we, we, you were talking about this the, the other day about how you know if you find yourself in a situation like this, you hope you never find yourself in the situation right. again. So take advantage of it while you can when you were talking about the commanders and their chance to get another quarterback. And I would say the same thing with the Bears. This, is, this could be, and you hope this is your only opportunity to be in this situation. So one of the reasons you're in this situation, whether you like it or not, is Justin Fields. You've got a chance to get out. You need to take it. Yeah, and again, if you think Atlanta, um, the the Steelers, some of the other teams are involved here, you know, again, you, you want to build up the build up the uh, you know build up a, a uh, shopping list of teams here, and obviously build up his value as much as you can. Uh, Raider James says, and the Raiders another team. I'm thinking that Fields wants a change of scenery before his career slips away from him. I also think. It'd be a great addition to the Raiders roster if we're going to trade up. If we're not going to trade up in the draft, yeah, I mean trading up is really costly, especially for them. For as far back as the Raiders are, Antonio Pierce done messed up and won too many games for you. <laughs> nah, I mean, you you know, you wanted to save the season, but there was a collateral damage uh, caused by all those wins, which is it's going to be really, really expensive now. But is finding their coach worth it? Like, if he ends up being yeah. a stud coach, is it worth it? Absolutely, it's worth it. Yeah. No, you wanted to do it. They, they had to do something. 
get rid of him. Yeah, I think Fields would make sense for the Raiders. Totally. Um, other uh, Who's the other one we had talked about the other day with the Raiders? Did we talk about Kirk Cousins with the Raiders? I don't think I don't be, think we did. Not, uh, not Kirk. It wouldn't no. be a terrible idea, but I don't, I don't necessarily think. I think to me he's in Minnesota or he's in Atlanta. Uh, Bears would draft Mitchell Trubisky. Let him go. Got a head coach. They drafted uh, Justin Fields, made him a face of the franchise. For DJ Moore to get the number one receiver for Fields now seems Chicago Bears over uh, Fields don't know how long, uh, what they're don't know what they're doing. Well, yeah, I think they gave him a shot, but I don't know that when they made the trade with Carolina, they thought they were going to be picking number one, number one. No. And there was going to be three quarterbacks who appear to be better um, in terms of the long play than him. And again, remember, with these other quarterbacks, you're starting with a five-year ramp, or really four years. You know you know by year four, right? Right. But it gives you more time. The problem with Fields is it's really just one more year, then you get got to tackle on that other year, which is expensive, and he hasn't shown you enough. So I, I think they, again, it makes too much sense. You have to take a quarterback at number one. Now, if they're picking at three, like three and nine, yeah. maybe this is a different conversation. Sure. But you're picking number one. You get to have your pick of the litter. And, and right. if you think that's Caleb Williams, awesome. But you know what? If they think it's Jaden Daniels for whatever reason, they then could. they could just pick Jaden Daniels. And, you know, a lot of hype for Jaden Daniels these days. And I, I'm not against it. Um, but the problem is, is of course, um, he's skinny. <laughs> But if that's their he's guy, he's really skinny. If that's their guy, he's really skinny. You know, we can't. You know, he's got to run to the sidelines. I got to learn. I got to see him slide. Caleb Williams' feelings in this whole thing don't matter. No. So if the Bears fall in love with Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams, Williams ends up being two because the Bears love Jaden Daniels, so be it. Right. Well, or if Jaden, or if again Justin Fields, excuse me, Justin Fields, if Caleb Williams signals to them, well, then there's that. You know that he's going to pull a, a uh, Eli Manning then maybe it's easier for you just to go ahead and fall out of love with him right now and look at uh, Jaden Daniels or, of course, try to you know stick up the commanders or um, the Patriots at three. Because the problem is, again, if you really, in your mind, like Jaden Daniels better than all of them, you really can't goof around and move back because there's, no, there's only really one spot you can slide back to and right. make sure that you're going to get him. Right. So that's the crazy part. Steven Williamsburg says uh, Russell Wilson will be a stealer. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, yeah, he might be. <laughs> he might be um would he be better than kenny pickett absolutely absolutely would justin fields be better than kenny pickett uh should be he should be and I'm, see that's yeah. just it you don't know I'm not a thousand you can't percent, say yeah. definitively yeah. that that's the that's the case and that yeah. says a lot about justin fields no doubt all right so anyway we'll put a pin in this we'll get back to some of this justin Fields stuff later and again it is the poll question about what do you think he means by um unfollowing them on the Instagram. Somebody said on the X, too. Is he on the X? Did he unfollow him there? Did they just make it? I'm sure he is on the X. Uh, did he actually actually unfollow him on the X as well? What about, is he doing it on MySpace? Is he following them on MySpace or on TikTok? I need to know these things. That's a good question. All right, here was what Rick Pitino said on uh, Sunday after his team's loss um, to, who did they lose to again? I forgot already. <laughs> Seton Hall, Seton Hall. They lost to Seton Hall. They, they fell apart. Uh, in the second half. Anyway, Rick Bettino, the St. John's coach, is the highlights of what he had to say about his team after the game. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics, when we lost, 
I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. Just thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. I'm not even thinking of the future at all. I'm just thinking of the next game and the next game and the next game, and that's it. Fin uh, just try to get as many wins as you possibly can and represent St. John's in the best fashion you can. So Patino spoke to Newsday yesterday and said uh, he truly wasn't ripping anybody. Uh, I was pointing out exactly in a monotone voice why we lost. I am not always calm, and I certainly not when I rip someone. I was not ripping anybody. I sometimes want my players to hear my words and read my words. That was my intention, talking about what he said on Sunday. Now, he just said this was the least enjoyable job he's ever had. That's a rip. <laughs> Okay, that's a rip on your players. The first sentence is a rip. You know, he said somebody was slow, you know, laterally, although he, he said it was a good kid. Okay, that's not terrible, but it's probably not something you should give out. Like, I don't know, the scouting report on your own guys, not that people don't see it. But anyway, that being said, that he talked about how they were, you know, apparently, unathlete, I don't know if they're unskilled or, or dumb, uh, but they, they can't throw bounce passes, uh, he says. He also, um, you know, again, pointed out how um, – you know, it's not it's not Seton or it's not St. John's that he doesn't like. It's his team. That's a rip, man. I mean, it didn't matter if you yelled or cursed or said it high or low. It's it's uh, it's a rip, and it's unbecoming of a Hall of Fame coach. And he's a Hall of Famer. He's in the Hall of Fame. They can't take that away from him. Although at times you could probably wish they could have. But yeah, I mean, this guy, you know, comes off as the uh, chief operating blaming officer right here. You know, after a twelve and four start. I don't remember him telling us that his team was unable to throw bounce passes back then or that uh, they were unathletic, but now that they've, you know, the season is slipping away from them as they've gone in this two and eight sputter over the last 10, uh, suddenly he's, you know, just airing out the dirty laundry about what he thinks his team sucks. And of course, it's not him. God forbid it's no, not of him. Course not. Mean, not the coaching, but the players, of course. Uh, so now, you know, we're going here. So, yes. You are ripping your team, and it is unbecoming of a guy who has very good credentials. I mean, again, Hall of Fame coach. Uh, I think he sounds like a chump, personally, but hey. I don't even think this is in the top three of unbecoming things he's done, though. <laughs> no, it's or not. Sad. Not even. That's the crazy no, part. No, it's not. No, it's not. But it's number one in St. John's. Um, and by the way, somebody had shared yesterday on the X, and this is why the X is undefeated, um, his... his um, his his um, tweet out after the the recruiting class and how excited he was about him and then the quotes that he had the other day about him you know and then he like made it kind of sound like well you know I just had to throw this class together it really wasn't you know wasn't what I wanted kind of stuff either and for him not to understand why that is a throw you under the bus moment is uh, is kind of a uh, way, amazing to me he doesn't think he's throwing his guys under the bus I don't know unreal yeah so anyway Rick Pitino there you go and. Even have more fun at the Celtics, by the way. And, and nobody in Boston would ever refer to the Rick Pitino time as fun. By no, me. no, we don't join you in that joy there, Rick. And just a reminder, because I needed the refresher course the other day. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals the year after he resigned. I'm aware. Yeah, four straight playoffs after he resigned. 
in the first year with Jim O'Brien, Eastern Conference Finals. So maybe sometimes it is the jockey and not the horse. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Um, anyway, that, that was uh, – Boy, Rick Pitino. All right, all-star game numbers uh, are out, and apparently uh, America's telling us that there's nothing that needs to be fixed. We'll get to that next year. Scott Jackson's your Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Yes, indeed. Uh, how about this? You know, let's, we, we may not agree what's good and what's bad, but, man, it felt like the entire world was crushing the NBA all-star game product from this past weekend, yet here we are, TNT announcing that uh, ratings are up 14% <laughs> from a year ago uh, in the defense optional game. Of course, um, the commissioner himself seemed to be offended by it when he handed over the trophy, but again, up 14%. Um, on max, up 20% from last year as well. Game averaged 5.5 million viewers. Now, as my friend Pittsburgh Ross mentions here on the text line, hey, those TV numbers still count if you sleep through it. And fair enough, because I had my TV on and fell asleep. So there so there you go. Uh, that's a real good point um, made by him. I don't know. Look, maybe we, are, we all also drive slowly behind, you know, car accidents at times too, you know, by them and, and things like that. It's just the grotesque nature of uh, the public, you know, that this is kind of rubberneck. So maybe that's what it was, just rubberneckers that were watching – uh, this this event over the weekend. Whatever it is, it's not helpful. No, it's not. It's not. And I've seen a lot of well well um, thought out. Hey, fix the All Star Game. Dot 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 stuff. But no, nah, there's really no fixing it. And it's not. And to be honest with you, it's not for guys our age anymore. It's for the youngins. I mean, well, the LED court kind of proved that. Yeah, it's not for us. Um, it doesn't matter. We're going to sound like the get off your yard guys. Uh, we were hate we hated on the Pro Bowl and stuff. I mean. It's not going. They're they're not going to. You know, there, there's only so much they can do to fix it. There's only so much they can do to fix it. And I'll be fascinated to see what they do. I think they will do something. They're going to try something. I don't think they're ready to call it dead. I don't think they're ready to do that. But th- they will do something with it. Um, on the Rick Pitino front, from the uh, text line seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Tom in Williamsburg says uh, Chris Mullen isn't walking through that door. <laughs> well played well played or steve lavin who was actually the last pretty good st john's coach i mean it's been a while that's sad yeah been a while uh, i mean they've really struggled in you know the luke Carnes second days are gone sadly um and i don't know maybe maybe rick thought that he really just could be rick potato and show up there and all this stuff would just magically get better with the years of you know I mean, Karnaseka was in the tournament like every year. Yeah, there was there was a time when I mean, they, they were, were in a lock. The tournament, they like, were a lock every freaking year. I mean, they were in it. Uh, Brian Mahoney followed Karnaseka for four years. He was in it once, but then never got back. Um, Fran Fischilla had two years. Fran got him in the tournament uh, in his second year. He only coached there two years. Mike Jarvis actually had some pretty good seasons. Um, they were in the tournament three of the six seasons, I want to say. NIT champs one of the years as well, back when the NIT was still pretty good. Uh, Norm Roberts never got to the NCAAs, was in like the CBI and the NIT. Steve Lavin, uh, NCAA second round. Then he, w- he had cancer the second year, had to take a leave of absence. Then his third year, NIT second round, 
uh, NIT first round and an NCAA uh, second round in 2014-2015. Uh, I think he stepped aside again because of his health. But he had three 20-win seasons in five years at St. John's. Steve Lavin did. Uh, and again, Mullen got into the first four, and he got fired. And then it was Mike Anderson, and they never got to the postseason in the four years he was there. And now we'll wait and see if Patino gets in. They were on the bubble just a week ago, like pretty close, you know. And not so much anymore. All right, 757-687-9494. Mitt Winter's going to join us at the top of their NIL attorney, uh, former William Mary basketball hooper as well. But let's get to Bill in Williamsburg before we do that. What's up, Bill? Hey, Scott. You know, the, the Patino, you can think of it in a different way. The guy could be absolutely pulling a genius move. Okay. Uh, what, he's, what he's doing is he's unmotivating the teams that are going to play them. And now, now that it's impossible for the other coach to motivate his players because he's going to say, hey, we're going to play that ex-pro coach Patino's team and we got to really hustle and we got to – and they're going to be like, hey, coach, can we take this week off practice because – these guys can't even know or don't even know how to bounce a basketball. With takes a month for them to learn how to bounce a basketball. We're working up. We're not even. We're not even going to have to worry about this team. Let's worry about the next team. And he's going to take those teams, and nobody's going to be able to motivate their uh, teams against them now. There you go. All right, it's conspiracy theory. I, I, it's like a reverse psychology. Yeah. It, yeah. That Patino <laughs> has spun around. Uh, on the rest of the league. I don't know if, if, if listen, if they can't beat Georgetown, genius. prayers to them. Genius. Yeah, genius. Uh. All right. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> thanks, Scott. Thanks for going. If they can't beat Georgetown, you know, they say thoughts and prayers to, to, to uh, St. John's. <laughs> we'll fans. find out soon enough. I mean, they got Georgetown. The Georgetown's just terrible. Terrible this year. Yeah, the, the, the not sorry, 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 not sorry thing, though, yesterday was whew, interesting interesting but yes maybe they go on some run after this there is that all right 703 uh via the text line says make it uh matter east versus west winning side gets home court in the finals players will actually play for that yeah, did we just do that in baseball and it really didn't make the product any better i'm not sure i mean remember not everybody that's on those all-star teams really have a legitimate shot of being in the title game but i guess you could try it um, seven five seven said, "Should they have a basketball team from grownups play in the celebrity game next All Star weekend?" Only ones I knew that played the game were uh, Micah Parsons <laughs> and Puka. LOL. <laughs> oh man! Somebody told me the Futures game, what they did on Friday, actually is pretty good because they broke them up in four teams and didn't like pods. You know, like kind of okay. like the hockey thing. All right, that that worked pretty well. I think John Hollinger voted for that. I, I don't think any of it's going to change a ton of anything. Like here's the other problem. Like the regular season has been skewed in a way now, rules wise, to make offense so much more um, easy. You know, in defense, so much harder. What do you expect from an All Star game? You know what I mean? Like the the offense is so way up on steroids in the league. Of course, it's going to be even worse in an All Star format because nobody's going to do it there. I mean, there's no bad blood. Is the other problem, right? Like the old days where you had. You know, let's freeze out Jordan. Let's freeze out so and so. You know, you don't have any of that like just animosity and anger and pettiness. <laughs> we don't have the pettiness of the '80s and '90s. Dang it! All right, coming up, we'll talk NIL uh, with Mitt Winter, who is a NIL attorney, former uh, William Mary Hooper as well. He'll join us coming up on the other side as we get into football at four. Scott Jackson, Show Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kinglaw, injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED. 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. James Witham's got your sports center.